Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a very exciting edition of Locked on Seminoles. I'm your host, Max, and right next to me on the Zoom screen, I've got David Weiss. We have a wonderful show for you tonight because, well, we beat Miami. And my daughter is four years old, and that is the first time since she was born I've been able to say that. Just Yikes. We were talking about this on the way out of the stadium and how it's one thing when you just say, oh, yeah, we haven't beaten them in four years. Oh, gosh, if we lose this year, it'll be five. But four years is a really long time. Like, Barack Obama was the president of the United States the last time Florida State beat Miami. And it, it, that's just it's it, a lot of stuff happens in four years. So there was such and we'll talk about this more in our first segment, but there was just such a feeling of utter jubilation in that stadium and I, I almost don't think people realized how long it had been until it happened. And we were like, holy cow. So we're going to talk about just what this win means for the fan base, what it means for the season and, and for the program as a whole. We're going to talk about key performances, uh, mostly from Jordan Travis, as well as one Jermaine Johnson and the rest of the Immortals, because the Immortals were absolutely stunning in this game. And we will get to that a bit later. So yeah, stick around, folks. Let's do this Locked On Seminoles. Oh, and one last thing. If you're listening to this in the car with your kids, typically we keep it pretty clean, but I can't promise when talking about Miami I'm going to be able to do that. So proceed with caution. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. All right, Max Moody, David Weiss back to talk about Florida State taking down the University of Miami 31-28 to on what was pretty much a last-second touchdown by Jordan Travis sneaking it into the end zone, bolstered by a 70-yard reception, or 54-yard reception by Ja'Kai Douglas, followed up with, a Jordan Travis strike to Andrew Parchment that got him down to the one-yard line and again said touchdown. David, before we we go sort of through the game, though, I I just want to talk about what this win means because we, we do this every day, five days a week. If you're listening on a podcast platform, thank you. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the, hit the notifications bell, and give us a thumbs up on our videos. And you can even tell us, you know, what you love about each episode in the comments. We'd actually love to hear... What was your instant reaction to beating Miami? And you can tell us that down below on the YouTube. But holy cow, man. It just like, there was a collective, thank God when we did it. I mean, just what was your reaction sitting at home, man? How'd you feel? I, first of all, how can you not be happy about that? You you can't not. If you're not happy, you're not a good fan. I mean, that's just reality. But- I will say this, it felt for like at least the first half and into the second half that we were just blowing them out. Like it was obvious to me, even after the game, that we were the better team. It should never have come down to that. But the fact that it did and the fact that the team didn't quit tells me we're not in the same spot we were under Willie Taggart because that is exactly what would have happened. And everybody that knows Florida State football knows that. Well, that's what would happen last year, too. And I think that's one thing that really popped into my head is people kind of have, you know, we've gotten some pretty good reviews where people have pointed out how we talk about that this isn't 2013. 
But, you know, we've also gotten the pushback, right? If people that say, well, stop patting these kids on the back just for giving effort. And to that I say, go f*** yourself. Because this is exactly why effort matters. You don't... It's like lifting weights. You don't go from... Be, from from benching 30% of your max every day to all of a sudden throwing your max weight on there, you know, plus 10 pounds and being able to do it. Your habits are what define you. And the fact that this team has become a habitual, hard-fighting team until the very end, even when they're down by 14 against NC State, right? Even when they weren't able to pull it out against Clemson because they were just overmatched in that game even against Jacksonville State on all but one really badly called play and a, a frankly poorly called game all around by the coaching staff, you still saw the individual players fighting. This is why it matters. Because if they hadn't built that habit all year in games that they lost, right, they don't come back from, what, an eight-point deficit and yeah. make it a three-point win here. And, it, it, it you know, it's big. Th- Sorry, go ahead. I just want to say one thing. Because there, I saw a lot of people talking about this on Twitter. This does not make being four and six all right. It is never all right for Makes Florida State better, to be though. four and six. But but would you trade positions with where Miami is right now? Absolutely not. And that's right. the other thing I wanted to touch on is just completely. And guys, this is going to be a bit of a cathartic episode where I get to say the things I've been holding back because there's now been a proof of concept. Just miss me with the whole like, while the record's the record, I don't care. I know that's like my third F-bomb of this episode, but like I said, proceeded with your own caution because this is going to be a fun one. And yes, this is just water. I'm just like this on Sunday evenings. I don't care because I've told you all year. For, first of all, and I'll get to do this in a moment, I was the one that said over the summer Jordan Travis needs to be your quarterback. And I said he could improve. And not just YouTube, not not necessarily. YouTube would have more of an intellectual conversation about it. People on Twitter acted like, I had no clue what I was talking about. He was never going to get above 52%. Well, he was just one of the top 15 quarterbacks rated by PFF in the nation. Uh, He was a 62% completion in this game. And he stood in the pocket, didn't use his legs, and threw an absolute dime to Andrew Parchment with four different defenders around him for a 22-yard pickup on 4th and 14. Oh, and by the way, right before that, he threw an absolute bomb down the side to Ja'Kai Douglas. So... If you think Jordan Travis isn't a good quarterback, you're wrong. It, just plain and simple. You don't have to think he's a great quarterback. I'm not saying he's Cam Newton out there. He's not Jameis Winston. Probably not even Francois in his good year. But he's a good quarterback, and he can, you know, he's he's a good option for now. Second thing was, well, we, we don't need to look at improvement. We just want wins. Guys, if, if you don't see this team getting better before your eyes, if you watch this team now and you think, no, 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 this team's, this team's bad. They're just as bad as they were. I wish I had the selective memory you have over last year because that Miami team wasn't all that different from last year's Miami team. This team roster wise isn't all that different from last year's team. And we turned 52 and in, in, uh, 52 to 10 into 31 to 28. So if that doesn't make you believe in at least parts of what's on the field, I, I don't know what to tell you. I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole because I don't want to, I don't want to have two of an unpopular hot take. I will say this. I'm super happy for Jordan Travis. I'm super happy for Andrew Parchment. They came through when it mattered. I will not sit here and tell you that Jordan Travis isn't clearly. I mean, there's not even an argument anymore. The best quarterback on this roster. I feel good having him going into next year. I cannot believe he made that throw. I I, I really can't. His legs continue to be an X factor. And 
if he's if he's the default going into next year, we're in a good spot. Just just to go by the numbers, folks, before we get over to the Immortals, Jordan Travis was 18 of 26. That's 69 percent. Nice. 274 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, but he ran for one touchdown, or he ran for two touchdowns, and then Jay Sean Corbin ran for another. Also, hey, shout out. I'm not going to say that we were wrong about him because we weren't, and all of our criticism was found well-founded. But, um, yeah, quick quick shout out to Ryan Fitzgerald. I mean, three of four on field goals. Uh, his long was only 29, but, hey, that kid doesn't go 75% very often, so happy happy to see that out of him so this is what i wanted to focus on guys you know it's kind of been this big discussion of okay is jordan travis getting better blah 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 and i want to compare this year's numbers to last year's numbers because in the covid year jordan travis conveniently has exactly exactly as many passing attempts this year as he did for all of last year so we're at exactly 131 attempts now versus 131 attempts last year so right now last year he was at 55 percent completions this year, he's at 64%. Uh, last year, he was six touchdowns, six interceptions. This year, he's at 11 touchdowns, five interceptions. Last year, his rating was a 128.6. This year, it is a 153.8. Guys, those are markedly improved stats, measurably improved. And like you said, Dave, if he takes another jump like that going into next year, which that'd be tough to do, but if he, if he could go from 55 to 64... If he goes into next year and he's throwing 68% completion, well, those are, you know, ACC championship quarterback type numbers. So yeah. the receiving core would have to take a big jump for him to do that, but he's gotten a lot better. And, and I really think this game was kind of his coming out party. I think that, you know, last year against Duke, he had a really nice game and we kind of saw, hey, this is what he could be, but it was against Duke. And they were one of the worst teams in the FBS. And then I think North Carolina was like, oh, he quarterbacked a really great game. But we all saw that box score. He threw, what, 12 passes, 13 passes? So this was the first time where they really had to rely on him to win the game for us with 26 attempts. Not to mention, you know, again, the fourth and 13, we put the ball in his hands and let him throw one from the pocket, and he was able to get that done. It's interesting because Mike Norvell, if you go back and look what he did at Memphis, he had years where he threw the ball all over the damn place and the quarterback's numbers were prolific. He had years where the running backs were doing all the work and running for thousands of yards. So clearly the Mike Norvell offense can conform to whatever the talent level is. Now, you're right. Those numbers are better. Still in stark contrast to like even the Jameis. I mean, not even I'm not saying the Jameis, even the DeAndre years, like the touchdowns, like people wonder where are the touchdowns? I, I will say this in defense of Jordan Travis. These receivers, man, uh, we need some talent in that room. Uh, that is definitely holding Jordan Travis back. I, I don't know what his ceiling is. Uh, but like I said, I'm glad we have him going into next year. But if we don't do something with that receiver room, I feel like we're doing a disservice to whoever the quarterback is and whatever their potential talent is. Well, and let's look at 2016 Francois, right? Pre-injury. And Travis's numbers are a, a decent a decent bit better in some respects, right? 58% completion for Francois. Um, what did we just say for Travis? We're at, we're at 64% uh, for him. The difference was DeAndre was at 8.4 yards on average. I oh, know, I guess Jordan Travis is 8.3. So they're right about the same. Uh, Francois, 20 touchdowns to, Tra to seven interceptions. Travis at 11 and five. I mean, the difference is with this number, Francois threw the ball 400 times as a freshman. 
this year, uh, Travis is only thrown at 131. So he's not going to – he probably, he probably won't even get to 200 attempts. So they were used very differently as well, and that's because Jimbo ran a much more pro-style uh, throwing offense. But that's that's yeah. a whole different thing. I, I think you're right, though. It, it, anyway, we, we don't have to keep going down that what-if rabbit hole. I, yep. I think this was his coming-out party, and he played a really great game. And I think if you guys want to play a really great game, you should play prize picks – this coming weekend it's become one of my favorite ways to um just kind of follow along with football it is a daily fantasy platform where it's basically offers college props um what you do is you draft a roster of three to five players and each player will have like a an over under in one statistical category so you might draft jordan travis on your team and it will say do you think jordan travis is going to have over or under 220 uh, passing yards this game. Let's say you pick over. You do that for each of the players that you draft onto your team. They're all in different positions, whatever. And if all of your picks are right, you win money. Uh, if four of your five are right, you win a little less money. And if three of five are right, you win a little less, but still some money. And uh, if you don't get at least three of five, well, sorry, team. You're out and you have to try again next time. But it's a lot of fun. It's a great spin on Daily Fantasy. I really enjoy it. Y'all should check out Prize Picks. It's in the App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. Just go to prizepicks.com and it'll show you how to download it if you'd rather do it that way. But whatever you, however you get Prize Picks, make sure you use your promo code locked on and you'll instantly get a 100% deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's promo code locked on on Prize Picks. So, yeah, now I, I, I want to talk about some key players here, Dave. And, you know, the first one we have to talk about is going to be Jermaine Johnson. But I want to give a shout-out, really, to all of the Immortals, as we dubbed them over the summer. That is all of the transfers that we had coming in. And, you, you know, you look at these guys, and, gosh, I mean, they were the most important guys on the field tonight, right? You have Jordan Travis, obviously, but once we get past him, you had Jordan Wilson, who I know was a year earlier, but he had 16 run blocks, um, had a decent run blocking score. He also caught a pretty critical 20-yard pass on his only reception. And go watch his his reception, Dave, if you haven't rewatched it. That guy is not fun to tackle. Holy yeah. cow. Andrew Parchment, uh, you know, he's another one. He had probably the most important play of the game with that catch down, catch and run down to the one. Really good instincts by him. I mean, it, it kind of to me it was kind of a flash of what what Parchment is able to be, but I don't think. And I, it, I, I, it was good to, that it was good that it was on the heels of that one play where yeah. it just looked like he had a seizure and just stopped running. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. It's just you don't have the consistency with him. I mean, yeah, that play, I I was furious. I mean, I'll be honest, I was I was ready to be done with that kid um, forever and ever you just can't quit on a play like that. He, it's like he expected the flag and just gave up on it. Anyway, look, that's, we're not that's how you make up for it. Yeah. So way to make up. I mean, again, he sat down right in the, right in a little pocket uh, and kudos to Jordan Travis for actually looking off the safeties and then being able to whip his head around and throw it to him. Really good pitch and catch there. Uh, other immortals, Jay Sean Corbin, obviously just a, Another great game. Um, nothing crazy that, you know, jumped off the page. But, you know, he had a nice little game there. He had a t- that, what, 15, 12-yard scamper from him yeah. uh, was a really, really good touchdown. You know, he he keeps showing 
that explosiveness and that ability to just, you know, it, it's weird. He's what, 220 pounds. Yeah. Right. 220 pounds. And yeah, you know, something he, like he that. tight ropes, like 180 pound guy sometimes. Like, I don't know where he, like that touchdown. I don't know where he found room to run that touchdown. Like it was almost like, like I just kept, kept thinking, Oh yeah, he's about to go out. He's about to go out. And he just kind of, you know, squirmed his way in there. And next thing you know, you're like, Oh, well, okay. There he is in the end zone. Good for him. So also really helpful in the receiving game. He had two screen passes, uh, that he caught there out of the backfield. And then finally, let's get to the man of the hour. Yeah. Dave, uh, I have a filibuster on this one. Go for it, man. Knock yourself out. We don't deserve Jermaine Johnson. No, we don't. No, no Jermaine don't. Johnson did. It does everything the right way. He, I, I can't imagine how he wouldn't be playing significant, significant minutes on And even if not on a national championship, potentially team, but he decided to come to Tallahassee to a team that I don't think would have won this game without him to a team that I think would be, I I don't want to imagine what this Florida state team would be without Jermaine Johnson, his importance to this team on the field can't be overstated, but also in the locker room, he's a guy that leads by example. He has brought the veteran leadership to this team that we've lacked for a long time. I'll just say that Jermaine Johnson had as many sacks three in that game as our defensive ends did in 2020. We had two guys drafted to the NFL, two defensive ends last year. It's crazy. And he did it all in one game and not just any game against our heated rival. And to break a four game losing streak, and to keep our potential bull hopes alive. I mean, you can't say enough about Jermaine Johnson and what he's done this year. Yeah, I mean, I haven't I haven't seen a, a kid become a Seminole faster than Jermaine Johnson, right? I mean, he really is the embodiment. He's like, it's like we opened a time capsule and he popped out. I mean, he yeah. is just truly that type of player that we got used to seeing in the 90s. And the two, even like the 2000, let's say the whole Jimbo era, except for the last year or two, really. I mean, he is that just... To Marcus Walker, he gets excited. You can tell he wants to be out there. Um, yep. He's an athletic mutant, basically. Uh, he understands the game of football, high football IQ, and he's a workhorse. I think he was in for, uh, let's see, yes, sixty-three snaps this game he played. So he, played he waved nearly. off subs too when he was. I gassed. saw that. That was wild. Yeah, I've never seen it. I mean, yeah. So if y'all don't know the play we're talking about. Um, I don't know if you guys could see it on TV. It sounds like you could, but they sent out a full D-line sub because it was going into a third down situation. D-line starts coming off. Kier comes off. Um, and literally, I'm pretty sure it's Dennis Briggs. No, because he'd be playing. He's I, don't, I, don't know who was, I don't know who was coming. It doesn't matter. I couldn't tell from where I was sitting. Um, and, but you see Johnson just starts waving, and one of the guys comes running back, and that was the play where he uh, – I, I was it a strip sack or a handoff sack? It, where it he was forced a sack. fumble. Yeah, um, it was the forced fumble, I think, and knocks the ball out. Great play. Also want to give a shout out to a guy who I'm going to admit, I didn't even know who he was. Um, and actually, you know what? We can do that because now we've covered the Immortals. We'll get to that in just a second. Um, we'll talk other key moments. And before that go, guys, got to tell you about Bilt Bar. You guys already know about Bilt Bar, though. What more is there to tell you? I'm sure everyone listening to this has a whole box of Built Bars in their cabinet because they already know it is a delicious and nutritious snack. It's got 20 grams of protein. It's got uh, 14 great flavors. It's only got 5 grams of carbs. 
five grams of sugar, all that good stuff. It's just like, it's that thing you've been looking for. It's the thing that has the attributes of the protein bar, but has all the taste of the candy bar. You really can't go wrong. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code Locked On, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and you'll get 15% off your order. I don't need to keep badgering y'all with this, though. Y'all already know. Built Bar is the best in the game. It will get you through a long day. It'll get you through a long workout. Or it'll just be a nice reward at the end of a long day when you get home that you won't have to feel bad about eating. So again, BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. I think we have some apologies in order. At least I do. Well, so I wanted to, I wanted to talk about key plays. And, you know, the first plays we have to talk about are the turnovers. I admittedly did not know who Amari Cooper was. Like, I looked up his number, you know what I mean? And yeah. then, because I, I saw him make the pick, and I was like, I, I don't actually know who, like, um, this this guy is. So, uh, he played a heck of a game. Um, he was, he played 60 snaps at safety. Um, and and just, just so I don't sound crazy going back, he played 22 against NC State and 26 against Clemson, 17 against UMass, 16 against Q's, and 9 against Louisville. Didn't play the first two games of the season. Draft year 2025 is his eligible year, so I guess he's a true freshman. Yep. Um, guess who yeah, was our I highest mean, graded player? Was it him? Yep. Yeah. On no, that's what it, he had the interception, right? I think yep. that's with the pick. 89.3 yeah. coverage grade. Yeah, uh, I'm looking at it right now, folks. So so he was targeted, as you can see all this cool stuff on PFF. Yep. He was targeted eight times. So clearly, they had a game plan. They saw Amari and Cooper on the field, and they thought, hey, let's target this true freshman safety. And boy, was that a bad decision. Yep. Uh, on eight targets, he only allowed two receptions for 17 yards. That's 25% completion when throwing at Amari and Cooper. That is, I mean... That's just a heck of a game from a guy who, by the way, looking back, has only been targeted four times this year. Uh, four times this entire year has a ball been thrown where he's been the primary coverage guy. This game alone, he was targeted eight times. And again, only allowed two receptions. So hell of a game out of the, that young man. I mean, you love to see a freshman first Miami game in Dope Campbell stand up like that because that's uh, that I was in that stadium. I cannot imagine having to have played in front of that crowd, regardless of which team you're playing for. Um, Akeem Dent, I feel like, had a really, really nice bounce-back game. Played 67 snaps. He had a 75.3 rating in coverage. Targeted four times. Uh, allowed two receptions, but he also had five tackles, an assisted tackle. Um, so, yeah, really, really good to see him, him kind of bouncing back as well. And then, you know, look, there were just some other notable guys that, I think all had really good games, but same with the immortals. Jamie Robinson got our other interception, which that was like a wild interception. Um, yeah. One of the weirder ones I've ever seen. I mean, he just, he just was trying to lay the ball carrier out and the ball ended up on his chest and he was able to rip it away before they hit the ground and he got credit for it. So hell of a play by him. Now the, the last couple of things I want to touch on and Dave, I'll let you, you know, excuse me, um, throw out anything you want there, but Miami, dude. It's just <laughs> always some bullshit with them. And I, sorry, I know it's a super uncensored episode. Hopefully, Drake's throwing bleeps on these. I, I apologize, but uh, I mean, it's just they—they're just like the luckiest team on the planet. Uh, first of all, 
that touchdown catch was just ridiculous. We literally got punished for playing defense. Yep. Good defense we on that the play. Ball. Good defense by the by the under by the under um defensive back to see it, try to deflect it to, you know, create some havoc. And the guy's laying on the ground and it just falls into his chest. I mean, what the hell was that? Uh secondly, and we'll talk maybe we'll talk more about defensive performance uh from a critical standpoint tomorrow because I've done one rewatch. I really need to go through and and watch it again. But um I'll tell you what, man, that this is gonna be a fun rivalry for the next few years. Uh all the credit in the world to Tyler Van Dyke. There were a couple of those plays that were just amazing throws. And that Rambo kid made some great. Good. Catches. Yeah. I mean, there, there were one or two where, you know, they had some big plays. Uh, and nothing you can one, do about it. No, nothing you can do there. I mean, look, you're, we, we are lucky to get to play good competition. And I can tell you, you know, I don't know what the future holds for Manny Diaz, but Tyler Van Dyke's a damn good player. And, you know, you can't take that away from him, but he had one of his worst games of the season against us. And I said, if you remember last week, one of my keys to victory was that it's going to rest on the shoulders of Tyler Van Dyke. And obviously I said this too, no, duh. Um, the quarterback should have a good game, but not every team needs their quarterback to have great games to win Miami. If their quarterback doesn't have a good game, they don't win. So they had 43 you- rush yards on 22, 23 attempts. So yeah. Oh yeah. We, we, he was we, it. We, uh, let me put it this way. And, you know, I guess I should say, I don't want to besmirch a kid, but I do. You decided to play for Miami. I really hope Knighton felt just awful. Like, I hope he just went home and thought, man, I (laughs) up. I should have gone to Florida (laughs) State because our running backs ran all over them like it was, you know, a 12-year-old playing Grand Theft Auto for the first time. And he's over there just getting abused. I mean, that guy got, not only did he get hit, he got hit hard. His runs went nowhere. And when he tried to come out of the backfield, which again, I said a key to victory was don't let him get on those wheels. Don't let him be on those seams. Uh, Kalen Deloach was all over him all night. I saw at least three plays where he tried to come out of the backfield and Deloach was on him before he got to the line. And he wasn't a threat at all catching the ball, except I think he had the, might have had one, what, what do you have, one catcher? Something like that. Anyway, that's yeah. just a little thing about him. But by the numbers, uh, Tyler Van Dyke had his second lowest rated game against us, and it wasn't even close. He had a QBR 69.8 last night. His next lowest game in this in their three-game winning streak was Georgia Tech with an 87.6. So that is a full 20 points lower, about a 30% drop-off um, from the Georgia Tech game to us. So we made his night pretty miserable. Um his last three games, Tyler Van Dyke, their quarterback, he completed 75.8% of his passes, 76.2%, and 64.7%. Against us, Tyler Van Dyke, the Miami quarterback, completed 53% of his passes. Uh, he had four touchdowns. One of those was an absolute just, you know, gift from the gods. Really should have been three. He also had two interceptions. Keep in mind, guys, before this game, in the last three games before this game, Tyler Van Dyke had 10 touchdowns to one interception. Yeah. That's a I, 10 to one ratio. And against us, he had a four to two ratio. This, this transition seamlessly into kind of my final thoughts here, which are one, I saw some hate on Twitter after the game about Jarvis Brownlee. What I saw in Jarvis Brownlee in that game in a, in just an, 
impossible matchup. There was at least one throw that was just so perfect. Nobody, Jalen Ramsey Agreed. couldn't have defended it better. Are you talking about the one, the like 30 yarder to Rambo down the right sideline? Right, exactly. Yeah, yeah that would, that would, I, even on rewatch, I mean, that was one of those where it's like, I, I will never say a good thing about Miami. That was a hell of a throw and a catch. I mean, it was and, well put. Right. And, and Rambo is a great player. And, uh, and Jervis Brownlee played his ass off. And he doesn't deserve any shit talk after that game. He only gave up four catches on nine targets. That kid plays as hard as anyone else on the field. That's number yeah. one. Number two, I owe Adam Fuller an apology, I think. Because this defense has gotten better seemingly every week. Uh, this has not been a weak link of the team. The defense no. has stood up in the last several games. And it doesn't look like it's getting worse in any regard. Like the, Even the linebackers don't look any worse. We've seen differences in the Willie Taggart era where the team got worse. That is no longer the case. Adam Fuller, you are off my shit list, and I am looking forward to what this defense has to offer with some good young DBs. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, man. We we are up. I don't know if they've updated the firm rally. They, they may not have. Uh, yeah, I think it's still a week behind because our record's at three and five. Um, but, yeah, even going into this game, I'm sure it's only gone up. We're, we're 38th in the country in FBI defense. defensive efficiency. Um, last We're year, Florida. They're at like 26th or something. After that game? No, no. I'm saying it's not updated. Oh. <laughs> um, look, I mean, the defense is playing damn good. Yeah. Uh, there have been no blowouts this week. And, you know, again, just, just to recap, the Immortals, all the transfers, thank goodness they're all on the roster. And if you want to go deeper and count transfers, I mean, Jordan Travis is a transfer. Um, you know, Jason Corbin is also a transfer from two years ago. Um Freaking uh, Treshawn Ward is a walk-on, you know. Um, D- Dylan Gibbons, one of the most important pieces on your line. DLT. These guys are transfers. Now, you're going to have to go get a few more pieces in the portal this this offseason. But I think what I what I want to close with is is just, A, way to go, boys. I mean, I look, I, I try to be a little objective on here. I try to kind of be a journalist to a degree. But we're fans first. Yep, that I I I had almost forgotten what it felt like to beat Miami, um, and to have my daughter there while we did it. That was awesome. First time in her life we've beaten Miami, um, and her to see it. I mean, she was yelling and screaming. I don't know if she knew it. Actually, well, she did. She did similar to kind of what it felt like our team. She did take a nap in the third quarter, uh, but she woke up in the fourth and she was there for it. So very, uh, very analogous to how the team sort of played. Uh, and in fact, I'd like to point out. Florida State has not lost in regulation with Charlotte in the stadium. She's been to the Notre Dame yeah. game, went okay. to overtime, uh, Syracuse game, now this one. So she's good luck charm. Uh, and, and this is, in the short term, huge for the program. I mean, you, you can't tell me that that was not a massive game for recruits. There were a ton of big recruits there. They got to see Dope Campbell completely Rocking. on fire. They got to yep. see the offense play well. They saw the defense play well. Guys, you can say that Miami had... 21 unanswered points, and I'd agree with you, but holding a team to 28 points in the modern game of college football is a good game from your defense. I do not care who you're playing. Go ask yeah. Florida. They just gave up 52 to Sanford. And the fact that you're winning games by scoring 31, that's, that's pretty, pretty darn good defensive performance. A lot of guys out there playing 65, 66, 67 snaps. That speaks to the strength and conditioning improvement we've made because last year, no one was able to play that many snaps and not just completely gas out. Props to those guys. And again, um, and I'm sure we'll we'll touch on this more throughout the week. 
but just an all around, I think, offensively, defensively, seeing what Mike Norvell's vision for this team is, and just pretty cool to see Mike get his first win in a rivalry game. I was just going to say, Mike Norvell has taken two huge risks, bringing a ton of recruits for two games, two games that we theoretically could have gotten blown out in, but he believed in what he was doing, and now we see, like you said, a proof of concept. Swung for the fences, and now we hit. Yeah, man. So, all right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for today. Uh, we are going to keep going all week. As you know, we broadcast Monday through Friday every morning. Uh, this, again, was our celebratory episode. I do apologize for the language, but I, it's Miami. I'm doing my best here, folks. Um, and, and throughout the week, I think tomorrow we'll we'll probably dive a little deeper and, and critically into the performance of the offense and defense. We'll look ahead to the Boston College and the Florida games, and we'll kind of talk about, hey, Guys, they're four and six right now. You have a team that might be able to make a bowl game, and that's something we haven't done since 2016, really. You can count 2017, even though we had to reschedule. Who was it we had to reschedule to let let to to come just to let us beat them uh, to make it? So pretty exciting stuff on the horizon for for the team. Uh, It's going to be a fun, wild finish to the season. And I hope you all have a fun, wild finish to your day. Thanks for stopping by. I'm Max. That was Dave, and this was locked on seven. You mad.